Well, welcome everyone. This is Declaring Your Destiny, and we are making declarations of our lives, believing for miracles, signs, and wonders, and all of our prayers answered in Jesus' name. I'm Carolyn, and Audra's here with me today, and we are thankful to you, our audience, that you have joined us, and we just believe that you're going to just have a good blessing from this message from the series on Ruth that we're doing. But before we get started, Audra, I wanted to ask you, you know, the Super Bowl is Sunday. How could I not know that? <laughs> <laughs> so the the 49ers and the Chiefs are going to play. So Audra, are you going to be watching the Super Bowl? No, I'm going to do what I always do and watch the Puppy Bowl. Ow. <laughs> I don't care about the commercials for that they have. I'm they always they're going to show up eventually anyway. So nope, I just watch the Puppy Bowl. I'm not a big Super Bowl person. How about you? Who are you rooting for? Well, you know, I like Patrick Mahomes a lot and his wife. They're really good Christians. And there's a lot of good Christians in the NFL. You know, I'm not saying that the rest of them aren't. They, there definitely are some really good Christians. So I'm going to pull for the Chiefs, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, because I just like them, I've been pulling for them. I know they've had several Super Bowls, but... And there's also a prophetic word out there that I think it was Bob Jones gave about when the Chiefs win. And, of course, we know the Chiefs have already won, but there's something that – and you guys will just have to go research that because I can't quite quote it to you what Bob Jones said. And I think Bob Jones went home to be with the Lord a few years ago, and he was prophetic. So, anyway, I'm pulling for them, and – We'll see what happens. Um, if I make it to halftime, I'm really usually happy about that. So <laughs> and I'm hoping, Audra, that they have a halftime program that's suitable for families this year. But we'll yeah, see. I always, I always do wonder about that, but hey, you yeah. never know. Yes. Thankfully, my son's old enough, you know, that, you know, but there's been a few years that I think that it was inappropriate for little kids to watch some of it. So... But that's just my personal opinion, and and uh, so uh, it wasn't appropriate for me to watch it. Let me just say that. Okay, <laughs> that's why I just stick with the puppy ball. I don't have to worry about any halftime shows. <laughs> there you go. That's that's probably wise. We should probably all watch the puppy ball. <laughs> I agree. So, Audra, we've been in the Book of Ruth, and uh, we're in the last segment of this series. Can you kind of just? update us get us started on the update of what 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 happened in the book of Ruth so far yeah so so if you haven't seen the other three parts be sure to go we're just going to do a brief overview but you know, we went chapter by chapter so chapter one just introduces Naomi and Naomi becomes Ruth's mother-in-law and Naomi and her sons they all they were from Bethlehem they moved to Moab um, they die. Okay. The, the husband and the, and the sons die. So Naomi just says, okay, let's just pack up. I'm going back to Bethlehem. And that's where her home is. And she tells her daughter-in-laws, Oprah, Orpah, sorry, and Ruth to just go on back. They're Moabites. So go on back to where you came from and, uh, it'll all be good. And, uh, but Ruth just says, no, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going with you, Naomi. So we're going to go to Bethlehem. So they head out to Bethlehem. 
Um, and when they get there, everyone's so excited to see him, especially Naomi, because that's her hometown. And, um, you know, Naomi just says, no, don't call me Naomi anymore. Um, I just call me Mara because, you know, you got, it's just been such a difficult time. And she was very, very bitter about her situation. So, you know, she wanted to be called Mara. So the lessons that we learn here in, in chapter one of Ruth is, you know, good and bad come to all. I mean, it's just the way it is. Um, Followers of God have bad things happen to them, and those who um, aren't followers have bad things. And, and you know, we, we see that a lot of times, too, where good things happen to what we consider to be bad people, and we just don't understand that. But followers, you know, have good and bad, too. And so, you know, Naomi believed in God, and still yet she suffered. And then Ruth um, as well suffered, but she was also a pagan. So you can see how it works both ways. Faithfulness is another lesson that we learned because Ruth was very faithful to Naomi. She stuck with her regardless of her negativity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just pretty negative. Um, and then finally, you know, don't label yourself. Don't label yourself negative things. You know, negative things lead to negative things. So Naomi labored herself as Mara, which means bitter. And on top of that, Carolyn, we talked about that. We laugh a lot, but you know, she named her son sick and dying. You know, I mean, come on, um, let, just cut those kind of negative things out. I think that's a very important lesson, <laughs> but I mean, that wraps up chapter one. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So let's look at chapter two and chapter two is where we meet Boaz and Boaz is later going to become Ruth's husband. We're not going to kind of keep you in the dark on that, but Ruth, now that they're back in Bethlehem and um, they, she sees that they need food. And so she, with Naomi's permission, she goes out to glean barley in a field that happens to be owned by Boaz. And it doesn't say that Naomi told her to go to Boaz's field. It looks like this was just God's intervention that this happened. And Ruth finds favor with the supervisor of the field. And then additionally, when she finally meets Boaz, who owns the field, she definitely has favor with him. So we figured it out. She works in the harvest field probably about nine months. And that is, she goes to the field, she diligently works, and then she brings back the harvest back to Naomi every day, which was a heavy load after a woman who had worked all day out in the field, which had to be hard. Mm -hmm. And um, so just from this chapter, it is so rich, the lessons we learned from this chapter. Um Ruth declared before she went out there that she would have favor with the owner of the field. She said it out loud and she did. And then she followed the directions of her mother-in-law. And then she asked permission to glean the field from the manager of the field. So she was obedient to her mother-in-law by what she did. And she asked permission. She just didn't go in and start stealing stuff. And then she, when she met Boaz, she found favor with him and was very grateful and humble before him. So that was a lot from chapter two. Yeah, definitely. So, and that just kind of, and then, and then uh, last week was chapter three. And just very quickly, Naomi, you know, Naomi was very helpful with Ruth. Um, she gave her really wise advice. She, she told Ruth, go to the threshing floor and then ask Boaz to redeem her. Basically, ask Boaz to marry her. 
is a proposal. So Boaz agrees, but tells Ruth that um, there is another relative, and we'll explain a lot more of this in chapter four, but if you haven't, just for this recap in three, um, you know, the other relative had the right to redeem her first over Boaz. So you know, Ruth returns to Naomi, and then at the end of the chapter, they're just waiting on an answer. They want to know what happens with Boaz. So basically some lessons here. Um, listen to your elders. Listen to those who are in authority um, and be careful to follow their instructions the way they tell them, because Naomi gave Ruth extremely wise instructions. And we'll see in chapter four um, how that plays out. And then, of course, always just wait on the answer. Naomi and Ruth had to wait. They, they didn't jump on it and go, oh, we got to go. do No, Boaz said, wait, they're waiting. And so that leads us into chapter four. You want to get us started on four? Carol? Yes. So, uh, you know, like a movie or a television show, there would have been a commercial right there. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of a cliffhanger. What's going to happen is Ruth going to get redeemed, which meant that, you know, he would have to marry her, too. And that was according to the Levitical law. So let's just pick it up at chapter one. I mean, excuse me, at verse one. And this is in chapter four of the book of Ruth. Um, so now Boaz went up to the gate and he sat down there. And the relative that he had told Ruth about that there was one closer and that relative would have first redemption rights, like Audra said. He came by. The relative came by the gate, and Boaz was sitting there. So I think maybe this was the custom that men would go sit in the gate sometimes. And so Boaz calls the close relative friend and requests that he sits down. And we don't know the name of the close relative. He's unnamed in the Bible, and he sits down with Boaz. So then Boaz took 10 men of the elders of the city and requested that they sit down. So we've got Boaz, the relative, the friend, and 10 more men. So there's 12 of them. That's probably significant, according to God. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that they're elders, that's an important, you know, wise people. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so Boaz has a close relative with him, 10 elders of the city, and now he's got witnesses as to what he's going to talk with the, the close relative friend about. And, you know, this is also scriptural that you should do this. Um, you wouldn't want to conduct business without a witness. Right. So, um, And this is a business, family, marital situation that he wants to discuss with the a lot going on there <laughs> yeah there's a lot going on there and people's lives are at stake as to what is going to happen so we pick it up at verse three and Boaz explains the situation regarding Naomi that she's selling her property that belonged to her husband I meant to give you this part Audra her husband's name is Eli Melech, how would you say? Elimelech. Yes, thank you. Yes, I'll just go with the words you need. So, I'm sorry. So, Boaz, he explains to the close relative that he has the redemption right option to purchase the property from Naomi to keep it in the family. And if the close relative wants to, if he doesn't want to redeem the land, the Boaz says he will purchase it. 
And so the close relative says, okay, I'll buy it. All right. And at this point, he is the close relative does not, is not aware of Ruth. Apparently he hadn't heard about her and didn't know about her. And he doesn't understand the, the legal commitments that come with this property. So right now the close relative is going to buy the property, Aldra. So yeah. what happens next? Well, what's good about Boaz is Boaz then says, okay, obviously he's not aware of what's going on here. So I'm going to go ahead and explain that, you know, if you're going to purchase it from Naomi, then you also have to buy it from Ruth, the Moabite, um, the wife of the dead. Uh, the, you know, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. I mean, that's the reason why they do these, these redemption things, you know, it, it's, it's to keep that name in the family. So, you know, now it's not just marrying Naomi and buying the land. Now we're, we're, you know, we've got this complication here, we've got Ruth. And so the close relative says that he can't redeem the property for himself um, because he's going to ruin his own inheritance, so here we go. It's getting very complicated, but they all they understand what's going on here. So the relative doesn't want to buy it now because it can interfere with his inheritance. And then he instructs Boaz to go ahead and redeem the land for himself. Um, and we don't know for sure, but it's probably likely that the close relative had sons. And, and, and so if he were to marry Naomi, <clears throat> it'd mess up the inheritance for his sons, because if he buys the property and then, sorry, not Mary Naomi, but marries Ruth, then he's probably going to have children with him. And, you know, that becomes very complicated because now he's got that inheritance um, that he has to pass on to Ruth's son or child. So the custom at the time in Israel was um, concerning redeeming and exchanging is to confirm anything. One man took off a sample and gave it to the other. So here they are, they're coming up with the negotiations. And so, um, you know, they've got to pass the sandal uh, as confirmation. So the close relative tells Boaz, go buy the land for yourself. And then he takes off his sandal. So he's very serious about this. So Boaz says to the elders, the witnesses, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, and this was Naomi's sons. So moreover, Ruth and the Moabites, the widow of um, Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. So he's making this declaration, I'm marrying Ruth, and you know I'm acquiring this inheritance. So Boaz is committing now to purchase the land from Naomi and Ruth, then to turn around and marry Ruth, and then let her, their firstborn, received the inheritance of the deceased Malon, that was Ruth's husband. Um, and this was custom and law in Israel to maintain the inheritance. So like we said, this is really kind of a complicated deal. And really the only thing that, I mean, I don't want to make this sound bad, but the only thing Boaz is really, I mean, Boaz is putting money out to buy this land. He's marrying Ruth. And so if they have a child, then everything that he's just invested in goes to the child. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing to commit yourself to buying the inheritance, but it's really not going to be your personal inheritance. It's going to be passed over to that child um, that is outside of what he's already got. So, I mean, I think it's pretty amazing that he is just, so gracious and willing and and so generous to do that what a man mm -hmm. yes i agree he's just a great guy yeah he's, i haven't they haven't said anything bad about boaz in the whole book 
Mm-mm. So he he and I I hope he was like that in all the areas of his life. Um, at verse eleven, let's pick it up here. The witness there was witnesses there. Remember, ten witnesses, and they all agreed that they had witnessed this. And so then they start blessing Ruth. Now Ruth isn't even there, but they bless her and they they proclaim. May she be like Leah and Rachel, the two women who built the house of Israel. Remember, they were married to Jacob, and they had they ended up having the 12 sons, the tribes of Israel. And so they further blessed Boaz and that he prospers, that he be famous in Bethlehem, which I mean he's famous. We yeah. still are talking about Boaz thousands of years later. Boaz is still famous. He's famous throughout the whole world. And um, so Boaz apparently went to Ruth and Naomi, made the purchase, and he took Ruth and she became his wife. Then she conceived and she did or bear a son. Mm -hmm. So all of these things came to pass. And so when she had the child, um, apparently Naomi had the baby or the baby was right there. And the women in the area came to visit and they're blessing Naomi and they're saying, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer to life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons has bore him. Wow. Wow. That's some good stuff right there. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. And then Naomi took the child and laid it on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Not a nursemaid, but maybe like a nanny, you right. know, kind of like that. And then the neighbor women um, said, there's a son born to Naomi and they called him Obed. Uh, he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. So Obed, you know, yes, my goodness, he becomes famous too, because he is in the lineage of king of the king of David and King Jesus. Woo! Yeah. You yeah. know, we yeah. don't. And um, after, and really, this is where the story ends. And we don't have any more information regarding Ruth, Naomi, Boaz, or Obed. Obed, is that right? Mm-hmm. But um, what a beautiful story. There's so much here. We, it started with tragedy for Naomi and Ruth. But, um, you know, it ends with Boaz is kind of like a savior to them. He redeems them like the Lord Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law and sin and death. So there's so much to learn from the book of Ruth. And you can kind of parallel it a little bit about what Jesus did for us. Um, And then Ruth, she must have been a wonderful woman to have a book in the Bible that they named after her because there's only one other woman in the Bible that got a book named after her. And that was Queen Esther, who they even have a feast for every year in Israel. So these must have been just the best women you could meet. But um, I I just love this study. So Audra, did we learn anything from, from the book, from chapter four in the book of Ruth? Well, we sure do. There's a lot to be learned in there, but you know, one big thing is keep your word and do it promptly. You know, Boaz, he said, I'm going to go find out about this, uh, Ruth. I'm going to go find out about it now. So the very next day he goes to the gate, finds that close relative. 
Um, and he talks with them about Ruth. So, you know, just, just do that. And, and another really important thing is get witnesses when there's really something important, um, it doesn't have to be a legal matter, but it could be a moral value, you know, a moral thing that's going on. So go get your witnesses on. Um, Boaz got 10 of them, um, 10 of the elders of the city. I mean, that's important. Those are important people. They have a great deal of wisdom and so forth. So that while he was talking to this close relative, he had plenty of people to corroborate with his story, what, what went on and to see the passing of the sandals and all that kind of stuff. So, and another one is that God can, and he will turn sadness into joy. Um, you know, just always keep your eyes on God. I mean, things happen. We don't like it sometimes, but if you keep your eyes on God, stay on the course, he can change anything in your life, bad to good. You know, you just have to have faith and believe that he's going to do that. And it may take time. You know, this stuff didn't happen overnight for Ruth and Naomi did it. I mean, they had to trudge all the way back to, you know, Bethlehem. They had to wait. She's doing all this work in the field. I mean, you know, who, it could have been years. I don't know. I mean, we know at least it's been a year for sure. So, I mean, it could have been years for this to happen. So, and wow. joy came to them. Yes. What a beautiful story. I've loved this series so much. I've and, really enjoyed it. Yes. And I've learned a lot too. Yeah. So, um, well, we are looking at, we're going to be starting another series in the next week. And um, shall we tell them what it is, Audra? Well, sure. We can give them a little cliffhanger. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the Bible says that we are not of this world. So what world are we of? Alder? Well, we're in the, the, the realm of heaven. We that's have That's right. And that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, start talking a little bit about next week. I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that, you know, I know we have, we say we're going to go on to be with the Lord, but what exactly does that mean? What is, you know, Right. It, it, it It's what gives me hope. I see the world around me just, goodness gracious, we see some definite things going on that we would rather not see or be part of. And um, it's good to know that we have hope. So we want to talk to you about that and just remind you of how wonderful it is that you keep your eye on the Lord and win that race, people. We're going to win the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because, you know, I've talked to people before and I think they think we're just going to be singing in a choir for all eternity. And that's, boring. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be tough. And plus, I can't sing. So either. So we would be things. way in the back. <laughs> Right. Toby Keith might be in the choir. God bless him and, you know, his family and our condolences to the Keith family this week. But, you know, there's a lot more to heaven and we're going to share with you what is biblically based about heaven. And we are very excited about bringing this to you. So we hope you'll join us next week. And we thank you for, for being a part of our community. And we ask that you like, that you share, that you give us a kind word, a heart, and um, please keep coming back and watching. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless and shalom.